0: It's 2 p.m. on a Wednesday afternoon. Thanks
1: for tuning in for cannabis legalization news today. We are joined by Abraham Villegas from the medical cannabis community. But first, we do have to get into a little bit of cannabis legalization news. So, Miggy and Tom, what's up with the news this week?
2: We we'll made it to Wednesday.
1: <laughs> Wednesday. Halfway there.
2: Yeah, uh, we found out this past week that you can get the coronavirus and get rid of the coronavirus in a matter of days, provided that you have governmental health care. But is it a matter of days when a week seems like a month in Trump years? I have no idea. I have no idea. I just, I'm just worried that we're, we're sucked into this vortex of madness and, and crazy crap. And then, you know, fortunately, we've made it to another Wednesday so we could talk about cannabis legalization news, which is very often good. But sometimes the, uh, the algorithm gods strike you down and then you're like, well, what do we even do? Oh, right. We were advocating for legislative and policy change uh, against crimes. You know, it'd be one thing if our news was, hey, uh, wouldn't it be great if we had this law instead of that law, which is essentially all it is. But because the current incantation is, well, it's it's completely illegal. It's like, you know, trafficking in heroin at the federal level. You know, the whole, the, how many people are employed by cannabis now, Miggy? Uh, dude, I don't know, but it, it's created a, quite the, uh, the infrastructure
1: of jobs and, uh, auxiliary and people who touch the actual flower. But I mean, to
2: your point though, uh, we are victims of YouTube, hundreds of thousands of legitimate taxpaying Americans, non-exportable jobs. Cause like the cannabis plant doesn't scale, you know, it's not, it's not like row cropping. It's more like, uh, strawberries, in the sense that, uh, well, hopefully it's a little bit more diverse than strawberries too. So it'd be even more of a horticultural product than that. But oh, yeah. hundreds of thousands. So uh, any, any actual news come by your desk?
1: Oh, there's lots of stuff, brother. Because just like hemp, I was telling you earlier, it's just like Trump news. You know, you get
2: flooded with so much. Yeah, he, got the, he, he has Corona. No, he, he doesn't. Is going to the hospital. <laughs> He's taking a tour in a car. He doesn't have Corona. It's like, wait a minute. What is this crap? But hey, hey so uh, yeah, congrats to your people in Peoria. Uh, yeah, East Peoria, second recreational dispensary location opens. Uh, this is a new med, which I believe is branded itself now as New Era. However, this is just the current law playing out for the early adopters. So that's one of the reasons why people like to get their uh, medical license in a state when they go medical first, because they will be grandfathered very oftentimes into a state, unlike in Washington State, where they just basically murdered all the uh, medical people, right? Oh, dude, it was horrible. Yeah. But, um, Michigan's yeah. got it right where they can kind of have like these medical grows going on with uh, the adult use grows. And I just heard there was something out of Michigan. This is some big mm-hmm. news. Uh, very, right. uh, they're going to be. No, not the theft, man. Well, I thought well, they were going to really open up the licenses and say that there's going to be a lot more licenses coming because they're going to have this smaller license type. But I just saw the headline and I didn't read it
1: michigan opens the access to recreational
2: market like like phil pennsylvania's law like pennsylvania's law so go over what's the summary of that headline michigan to open to access the recreational to help curb black market sales you know how do you go after the black market you you open it you open the market
1: to growers for testing right early next year michigan will eliminate the barrier this is going to be
2: exciting stuff it's yep. almost time uh, Micro growers coming, and then it's just well, you know, you need some regulation, but how much? So, uh, I'm gonna get one of my staff attorneys on that. Uh, you know, get me the well, I i think that the regulation
1: there itself is gonna be the the, the licensing, as always, and then the testing. You know, mm-hmm. that regulation is plant regulation. Once you require that, uh, um, that person, the, the personal home grower, is gonna have to like, okay, I just sold you 20 pounds or whatever. You know, right. it's gonna be a seed to you know, uh they probably have to have a license a small craft license but i don't think they're gonna to to be accountable that you're definitely gonna to have to check that one out
2: well yeah and so i will uh but then the thing is it just came across and i'm like well that's awesome hopefully one day that's going to be something that will happen in illinois where it's just such a, a closed market and that's just not very american you know somebody should be able to have access to it because if you don't if you don't open the market like that you just keep the black market there Especially like if you don't open the market and the tax rate is higher than bananas, you are you're, you're just asking the black market to stay there.
1: Well, when you brought up the, and I should call it the black market legacy, wow. traditional legacy market. yeah, and it, yeah. And, and you know, just, just like to the article that I, the first one I brought up that was it's a, it's two men are arrested in their home for marijuana in Pennsylvania, the state that would be the model state. But uh-huh. look at these two guys. I'm just guessing why they were fucked with. I'm just asking for a friend i'm just saying these two americans who are
2: 21 and 19 well how do they look you know just remember this is this is a podcast as well so you always have to describe what you're reviewing on the screen
1: i'm sorry that the two young black men right there and then uh look at this crime all this marijuana
2: oh my gosh they've really stopped it they've really stopped crime over in which city is this that was in
1: pennsylvania uh no Hmm. sharon pennsylvania
2: Well, let's, let's get some reports from Brookings, South Dakota, Brookings, South Dakota has a speak out section. So somebody wrote a letter to the editor that says marijuana should not be legal. And it starts with marijuana is a dirty drug. Nothing says fair and unbiased, like just, just, just admitting it right up the tight, you know, like, here's my premise. This is a dirty drug. It's harmful. Well, and and then
1: To me, I'm, uh, dirty has a, a, a racial innuendo to it. I me, I mean, come on, like how often? Of course, heroin's bad. Well, drug, so,
2: and then again, it's 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 just the political aspect of it, the prejudicial aspect. So, somebody writes a letter to the editor in in uh, Brookings, South Dakota. So, like, some that's that's a no vote in South Dakota this fall. But, but it, it doesn't mean, like, yeah, it doesn't mean that like that's the prevailing view. It's just right. a out there. But was it signed by Kevin Sabat? No, it was signed by a Bernie Hendricks. You know, totally no right idea right. who that is.
1: But, you know, uh, well, we stated before, like, Prohibition has set, like, American Prohibition has set the precedent in the world, and, and I'd like the the Navajo Nation changes its definition of marijuana, so for years, and, and this could affect their uh, their ongoing hemp uh, coming up, because they're saying anything off the cannabis plant is marijuana, period. And they're trying to treat it like it's still a bad thing which I don't know if you're familiar with reservation in the, Indians? Life. In uh, the Indian areas yeah on, on the res in the Navajo Nation so you know the nations they, they're self-governed and uh, I've always wondered because some are different some are more liberal I guess like states right more open-minded but I always wonder, why why do the natives always the Native Americans always wait for permission
2: from the the American side oh, because they, they they're worried for their lives or they don't care. But, but have there is some good news, like, you know, as opposed to the weird, crazy stuff that happened last week that you can get the coronavirus and not and all sorts of other stuff. But there's no increase in road deaths or crashes. Uh, who's reporting on this? Dope magazine reports that there's no increase in road deaths or crashes after legalization. Uh, and this is this is relative to the New Zealand prepares to legalize cannabis. They're worried about it. But they've done uh, now it's starting to become what do they call that uh, meta analyses. Epidemiological, you know, like where they have study oh. studies, so they're yeah. looking at, at various states after they they legalize it, and it shows that usually nothing wrong with the uh, the road injuries. Well, the road th- injuries. I mean, they've been going down decade over decade because of more safety features.
1: But where are we at nine recreational states thirty one? Well, we're at eleven.
2: 11. We're at eleven recreational states. I mean, like one of the things is though we should just freaking count Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, count them because of thinking how think how open the Oklahoma market is. No medical conditions. And, and, and
1: no planes falling from the sky. No massive yeah. car accidents. Is Oklahoma uh, still out there?
2: I think they are. You did know? it burn down? Right. Well, it, 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 there are many small fires raging at Oklahoma, but they're, <laughs> they're, they're under control. They're under control, yeah. <laughs>
1: hey, did you see the one about the uh, dang uh, – Marijuana use increases pain after surgery, requires more anesthesia. No, I'm not sure how much reliance I put in this one. Uh, this was shared by also uh, Lester Greaves po- Spoon Son. Mm-hmm. I, I follow him on Twitter. And, uh, you know, the point he made here is the conversation with the doctors needs to always be open so you can let your anesthesia know hey, I'm a cannabis consumer, and we don't really have any real facts on this shit, you know doctors will sh- cite so much bullshit as far as like, I can't do this with you. Cause you like, like the uh, organ transplants, there's a lot of people oh, yeah. organ transplants, but it's, there's no science saying that your body's going to reject it. Cause you're a cannabis consumer. It's, freaking
2: retarded. it's but it's the, uh, it's the prejudice of the plant. You know, the prejudice, it's a real prejudice against the plant. It's not, it's not fake. And then like we have, uh, this is the marijuana moment reporting. A congresswoman said she'd break federal law to get medical marijuana if her daughter needed it. Now, of course, the funny thing about that is, of course, she would break federal law for, if her uh, daughter needed it, because all federal law says that it is not medicine. And so, you know, you, you can only break the federal law. But, uh, you know, it's, it's just so sad that at that time, you know, we have to say we disagree with this, this federal regulation that we have, and, and we aren't going to vote on it.
1: But how hypocrisy, the largeness of it, with like the president who gets these the special treatment that only three people have been treated for, right? And then yeah. whereas cannabis, a plant that's being used by thousands of people as medicine, right. uh,
2: brand new novel medical crap, and then a, and a shitload of steroids, uh, and then two thousand year old plant botanical stuff hasn't hurt anybody uh, keeping. Keep arresting people for it. Don't change the law. Don't don't even vote on this. Like, you know, it's why has it been this way for the past 50 years after the the Schaefer report came out? You know, what's 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 holding them up? Well, the federal government not letting me have a holistic approach to my own health is pretty
1: messed up right there, period.
2: But I don't like how the federal government says that, like, my job is illegal. That is bullshit. I am trying to follow all these laws and change that one, you know. Yeah. No. It, it, and then again, uh, what is it was
1: uh, uh governing morality,
2: you know. Right. Or- uh yeah. The LaGuardia governing morality. That's a good one. But, you know, the, the real cool thing is that more and more people are saying and of course, this this is a Democrat from Virginia. So, like, it's basically saying that she supports the state's idea of medical cannabis. And so if you want to access medical cannabis, like over 80 percent of the population does, there's no such thing as medical cannabis under the federal law. Not sure. it, it, and again,
1: back to the mindset, most people were, and we've talked about before how cannabis legalization seems to always be the juvenile thing for most, whatever, like this, this is not important. This is not a thing that's going to be, uh, it would change our freaking country. But, you know, even law enforcement, proper law enforcement who, are, who care about real crimes are even less concerned. Did you see the one with Dave Chappelle? His his psychedelic parties, and, and, and I'm pretty sure cannabis use is there. Not a concern. Why? Because these are grown adults taking care of themselves and not causing harm. <laughs> Freaking insane. I don't know, man.
2: It's something else. Uh, it's another week and I'm trying to not be a criminal news. Well, you know, within
1: that criminality, uh with the More Act not happening, you know, and again, the Safe, Act,
2: I mean, the Safe Banking Act would have been nice. Just been like, all right, well. We're going to slow walk this one and keep it still federally illegal, but you can now bank. And because of that, right
1: now we have a string of robberies with gunpoint in Washington happening with all these uh, uh, dispensaries, pot shops, you know, these, these guys they got the
2: cash and they got the weed.
1: That's it. I mean, if, if they were allowed to use credit cards, they wouldn't be a victim, would
2: they? Or at least a uh, target. They still try to rob you. That's the thing. Like, you know, yeah. I say it's a lot harder to make off with uh you know, $10,000 worth of alcohol than it is $10,000 worth of weed. You know, you can hold like five pounds of like high quality weed and that's thousands of dollars worth. And so because the weight and the value per pound is so high, you'd still have the vaults. You'd still have security. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But, but they would at least have better protections, I would think.
2: Yeah. Right.
1: uh, At least when you don't have cash on premises, but you know, that's, a continuing issue with both the medical and recreational side of cannabis, cannabis period.
2: Yeah. Cannabis is a fun thing. And you know what? We should talk more about it, especially the medical side. Let's bring on our guests. Yeah.
1: yeah. Hey, Ab- Abraham, how you doing?
3: What's going on, guys? I'm doing well today. How are you?
1: Pretty good. Thank you so much for joining us today. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing at the medical cannabis community?
3: Sure. Uh, We are doing a lot these days. Our our medical cannabis community, uh, which focuses on developing hyper-targeted online communities, multimedia content, and facilitating market research is growing faster these days. Uh, We are located in Illinois, uh, Maryland, New York, and Pennsylvania. And our focus in this last quarter has been covering a lot of content on uh, social equity in Illinois, as well as minority empowerment, and then also on the site of cultivation that many people are, are curious about, as, as you know, because of the uh, high prices, the low selection of products, and people's general interest in, in being able to cultivate and, and create their own medicines.
2: Cool. Holy crap. Um, Miggy, I think you might be on mute. Oh, you was.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you guys are more than just a Facebook group, though, right? I mean, because you have a huge one, 3,000 people or so.
3: Correct. So, while well, we started as a Facebook group about five years ago, uh, at some point in time during our journey, we had pivoted to become an advocacy organization. And then very quickly, we realized that our, our efforts were limited unless we figured out a way to become self sustainable. And so, the last period of about two years now, we uh, focused our our organization on on becoming a media company. And so now, uh, rather than just a Facebook group, we have an entire platform on on our website that allows people uh, to be able to connect with each other, uh, find doctors, dispensaries, directories, uh, and other businesses through the directory that that we offer, such as accounting, legal, uh, tech, and other uh, ancillary businesses that are now uh, a part of the industry. So we're We originally started with trying to connect patients with uh, doctors and dispensaries. Today, we're kind of working to connect everybody in in the cannabis industry who has come to our groups, whether they're looking for uh, that medical access or they're looking to get into the industry from a professional standpoint, uh, an investment opportunity uh, and everything in between.
2: Wow. Yeah, that's one of the most interesting aspects of the plant, in my opinion, is that it has this dual kind of, it's not a dual mandate, but it's kind of these very two f- prominent features of, it really is about uh, the patients, but then it really is about this industry that people actually want to get into and make a lot of money from. Uh, now, it, it's cool because then at its roots, at its core, like when it started. It was really about the usage of the of the plant and the, the benefits that are inside the plant, which contradicts at a very fundamental level, the federal law. So uh, it, I guess a third point of it would be like the interesting legal aspect of it. But because every state changes and then they allow the medicine and then it's very regulated and then it becomes very taxed, then it becomes a cash cow. All the people then want to get in because they just see this green rush, they call it, you know. man. So that's pretty cool that you guys have been working so hard, and you're doing more uh, collaborative uh, uh, materials
3: now over at your your site. What's the name of your site? The site, uh, the URL is a long one. It is called themedicalcannabiscommunity dot org. Uh, but if you go to the dot org, it should still direct you over to our our website and. That's actually a peek into one of the the changes that we're looking at potentially making both from trying to make our our website and, and platform more searchable as well as to us being able to cater to all of the different interests and subcommunities that exist within our platform of people who are now not only interested in, in just the medicinal aspects of cannabis, but also in uh, the economical and, and the financial aspects of it, as well as, you know, construction and crafts and projects and uh, everything in, in between. And so now we're we're at a point where we're not only catering to just the medical side, but the general interest of the entire community.
1: It's crazy. The opportunity this plant offers, we just spoke to Steve D'Angelo and he was talking about how he started Arcview group and he's been a hands-in a bunch of other groups. And I mean, it seems like that's just California. I mean, you got, guys, guys are in Chicago and you said you're, are you multi-state or multi-city?
3: Uh, multi-state. So we started in, in Illinois, Uh, And then a couple years after we ended up expanding into Maryland when we realized that what we were doing was essentially creating a model and Mm -hmm. a system for harnessing attention, informing people, and then driving them over to our website where they can learn more. And so once we... We're able to get Maryland done, and we started growing a sizable audience there. We ended up working with a couple other organizations to expand our footprint into Pennsylvania and New York, since there was interest at the time to raise awareness, bring people together, get them uh, active in in the advocacy and and legislation process, and then start connecting those people to the resources that they needed to obtain that legal access. Does your uh, Maryland model also cover D.C.? Uh, To some extent, uh, interestingly, it it does, uh, simply because um, within Maryland, as you know, there's that whole DMV area uh, within Virginia. And because there's a lot of crossover of of people coming back and forth between Maryland and and D.C., we do have a good amount of crossover uh, between that Maryland, Virginia and D.C. area.
2: And D.C. is total. It's a grow and give jurisdiction. Which is kind of interesting. You know, it's not bad to live in D.C., it sounds like. Because then you don't have to buy weed. (laughs) Just stickers. Or you just grow it. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's that. yeah the virginia and maryland area that's going to be pretty dynamic and i think virginia is really virginia does have medical but uh there you have some movement in and their uh, normal uh, group is really really active so i think virginia is going to have something coming on the horizon here in next uh, next year
1: definitely they have a pretty big hemp, uh industry as well virginia doesn't it
2: or is that north carolina's no, it's, it's Virginia, like, you know, but then like all of tobacco country has a fairly large hemp organization. Uh. but then it's like, how, how easy is it to get the, the license to cultivate that product in a particular jurisdiction or something like in Illinois, it's just, hello, I'd like a hemp license here, here, here. Okay. They'll get your license in the mail. It's, it's very, very open. But then like, you know, if you want a cannabis license, it's, it's ridiculous. It's very, very difficult and complex and closed. And so the, uh, the idea of bringing together the whole community is a, it's a pretty good uh, idea there, Abraham. I like that because then, uh, you realize how many people that are, are involved in the supply chain for cannabis. And so you can figure out, um, you know, who you actually need on your team and then who during your operations you can turn to when you have various issues. I mean, there, it, it's, it's like owning a farm factory, usually indoors. Yeah. Uh, I just biked out, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. It's, uh, it's Wednesday, 420 somewhere, right?
0: But uh yeah, hello, brother, on
2: YouTube. Yeah, I think it's because he's uh the kids. Ah, well, multitasking this guy. Well, <laughs> we talk amongst ourselves. Uh but,
1: but hey, so Michael asked about our YouTube channel, dude.
2: Hmm. All right, yeah. We haven't what explained anybody. YouTube channel. Uh, we are on break. We are on what they call when you go and you get in trouble with your parents grounded. And so we got grounded on YouTube for a week and then uh, YouTube should unground us in a day. And so that's one of the things we could talk to Abraham about because they built a uh, community online, which is difficult to do for anything, specifically when it is federally illegal to try to build that community, even though it is domestically lawful. And uh, how has how has been um, uh, operating a cannabis community online been going? And what are some of the challenges that you've had?
3: It's terrible, and <laughs> there's challenges at every single corner, man. We've been uh, at this for the better half of five years now uh, which is far much more time than I ever thought that I would be investing into growing and nurturing and developing online communities but since the very start it's been a pretty difficult journey just because of all of the challenges that you previously described and then you also talked about uh, getting banned on on the YouTube platform, which is something that we're familiar uh, with as well, uh, we've experienced that on, on virtually every single platform that, that we've had. But uh, the, the truth of the matter is is that our, our mission is, is far more important than our struggles, and it's part of what has kept us going to not only recover, but come back and, and figure out ways in which we can prevent those things from happening in, again. And so uh, we uh, have tried to figure out ways in which We take the rules of what they tell us that we can't do. uh, And we simply try and and work around them like, you know, you do in uh, the legal field to uh, find out what it is that you can do. Uh, And and in that scenario, it's required a lot of creativity where, you know, wherever Facebook and Instagram draw the line, then we make sure that our strategy falls right at that line uh, Mm -hmm. where we're still able to obtain the goals that we're trying to achieve in terms of raising awareness and getting people to engage and interact, but not in a way that gives them the excuse to to ban our groups and communities. And now what what that kind of boils down to is any indication of our platform being used to aid aid and abet in the sales or transaction or promotion of any cannabis related product or service uh then that ends up being against many platform rules and so like on on facebook for dispensaries and and cultivators uh we don't Uh calls to action to to buy we don't include pictures or or prices or links to menu or you know anything that could even be confused with us trying to to support a, a sale and even even then uh, there, there's still a struggle with that because, as, as you can imagine, the, the rules and the guidelines change so frequently uh, that you have to have the, the full resources in order to be able to keep up with those changing regulations. And so uh, just last month, our, one of our, our main groups and, and communities, uh, which you guys are our members of, our, our flagship group for Illinois, received what Facebook calls a violation. Uh, And in short, what ended up taking place was that us for simply approving a post to take place in our group, uh, and the post had some context along the lines of a patient excitedly sharing the deals uh, that they had obtained at the dispensary on, on their latest visit. It wasn't even a call to action. It wasn't her trying to find deals. It was simply her sharing the excitement of the deals that she had already found at the dispensary and apparently Facebook had an issue with that and they took it down and now here's where the, the frustration comes in with a lot of this process is that I didn't find out about that uh, post getting flagged until about a month later um, when my team told me like hey you, you, know, you should check out the group it, it looks like it has a, a violation and then when I go and check it out um, it doesn't actually allow
2: Yeah, Yeah. I think he's he's connecting to his Wi-Fi now or something. But it's the exact same thing that happened to all of our stuff. And so we might have to bring him back on just because, you know, oh, he's coming back. But, yeah, we had very similar stuff with ours, and that's what we're going through right now on YouTube. So we had to switch out. And, like, our last one was really, really, like, we're doing, like, a post-mortem on it. And I'm like, I don't know what we did wrong other than we're, we're talking about how you can get a cannabis license uh, through the legitimate means at a state level. And because of that, and there's no exception, there's no gray area when it comes to the federal level, they're like, well, I'm sorry, that's a federal crime. I'm like, yeah, but it shouldn't be. Like 80% of people think that it shouldn't be. They, they, they want medical cannabis. So that means that they want this law changed. And then yet Congress does nothing. Yeah.
1: Well, I think a lot of it too is guilt by association, you know, because we were also punished for links off-website. You know, we don't even offer products or anything. They, right. and the same thing happened to the front of the pod. You know, Luke, uh, he got banned for his website. Uh, same thing happened to friends of mine who uh, respect my region, who are just like a hip hop group or hip hop magazine or whatever. Uh, their Instagram got shut down because of an off link to an Instagram or to their website that has cannabis reviews and whatnot. Not pricing, maybe some ads that are sponsored and actually paid, but it's legal here. Right. It shouldn't be an issue. But it's guilt by association. I know Tom thinks uh,
2: there might be some greater purposes, but I just think it's just because we we talk about weed. Yeah. We, can any, we can do anything. <laughs> no, it, it really might be. But then you see some other channels getting away with or at least doing a lot more. So I just think that there's some algorithms that are out there that are like, all right, well, tamp down that. It's going too far too fast. You know, Because, I mean, like, think about it. We were on track for an actual vote in the Congress to decriminalize. And I like calling it decriminalization because legalization, ooh, scary, decriminalization. Oh, that's nothing. Yeah, Yeah. but they don't realize that if we just take it out of the schedule, we can call it decriminalization and it can have the legal effect of being legalized. You know, it's like, Gaming good, gambling bad. You know all those types of uh, the, the the terms that you have to use euphemisms to kind of spin your message, because some people just hear things and they have prejudice that they're already built in. You know, well, like drugs. You hear the word drugs, and so what do you think? You, you right. Know, bad what did that man at the Brookings Register in Brookings, South Dakota, write to his uh, his paper? Marijuana is a dirty drug. Period. That's how he thinks. That's truth to him. You know. Apparently, the caffeine in this is a, a good drug. I don't know. I mean, oh, it's a hypocrisy. There's so much hypocrisy. Yeah. But, you know, uh, Abraham, what has been some of the more interesting uh, uh, evolution or, like, interesting lessons that you've learned along the way over the five years of the, the medical cannabis, or which is now becoming the cannabis community?
3: Uh, the most important lesson is start a website sooner and drive the, the traffic there.
2: Ding,
3: ding, ding, uh, we ding, ding. Yeah. we uh, naturally, I wouldn't call it a, a mistake because I think that there's a lot of value in, in the way that, that we did some things, um, but it's always good to, to prepare in advance now knowing what we're up against. If, if we had to restart it, th- there would certainly be a, a couple of things that we would do differently. Uh, having that website is, is obviously the pertinent one because we built a massive audience on social media, and while the interaction was fantastic and the growth was fast because we didn't initially sell anything. Uh, when we lost one of our Maryland groups, for example, uh, we lost about 7,000 members in, in an instance. And uh, it cost us a lot of time and, and money to, to develop and nurture those groups and to lose it from one day to the other. It, you could imagine as if our entire business in Maryland had shut down because all of our contacts, our businesses, uh, people that we were working with, clients, and relationships that we had established we're useless if we didn't have a platform to offer in the state yeah. of Maryland. And so when um, that got taken down, we started focusing on, on the website and miracle. you heard of the redundancy, right? And so like, uh, that's what we built in over
2: at cannabis industry lawyer.com. You can't shut us down over there, you know? And, uh, and so that's one of the nice things. That's why I learned SEO is because like, Hey, all right, you just got unplugged from 7,000 people in your network. Well, the Google search algorithm is not unplugging that. And so if you would have made the content relevant to the information that that uh, community wanted and placed it and published it through the internets, uh, the internets provided you have a host and you understand how like HTML works, that stuff's there and it's waiting for them. So I was using my YouTube channel as like a little, little icing on the cake for the SEO. That's why I got into it because I'm like, oh, this, this rewards your channel or your, your website. What a deal. And, oh, my gosh, YouTube is essentially a search engine. Oh, neat. Uh, and, and so knowing that, guys, you know, so I know that, you know, over 50 percent of our traffic is from people Internet searching. And so, like, if that's how people are finding our channel, it's a resource. It's helping these people understand legal issues that are relevant to their state lives. And it's, it's about how you follow the law in this crazy time. And then hopefully they don't unplug you, but, like, they can. They can just unplug
3: you. So, 100%. So, right. Always build your own platform and use social media for, for what it's meant to be used for. And that's really just a vehicle to get people from the social platforms over to your website where you can more effectively communicate with them.
1: Nice. Do you guys have a, um, a forum or anything on that website?
3: The forum does not exist on the website yet. Um, oh. Separate to the, the public uh, groups that we have on, on Facebook, this year we launched a... Private uh, subscription based uh, membership community Mm -hmm. in which we have a a forum uh, connected through our our Discord channel. Uh, It's still small and and growing, but it's starting to transition a lot of our uh, power members and supporters who now want uh, inside access or behind the scenes experience into the projects that we're working on, uh, who can help us uh, financially support and and move uh, that content forward so that we're creating. Uh, information that, that is relevant to, to their interests and what yeah. they're voting us to, to create.
1: Nice, dude. No, I think it's fine that you have people that have... You know, you got to have some sort of barrier because sometimes it's the internet. And, you know, just like our president has shown us, when you let anybody vote, shit happens. So if... if people, no, no, that was when they picked
2: the voters. The Russians oh. were very clear. Um, <laughs> right. But then I, I really like how that they can impact uh, and, uh, the, the granularity of the data in the twenty twenty is so great so like where you have the ability to manipulate and influencing people like the normal people the ones that you can manipulate and influence uh more easily than ever before and so you can do it from the other side of the world which is terribly scary but at the same time you can beat the coronavirus in like a week
1: (laughs) hey you know who wants to keep fucking marijuana illegal
2: china why i'm just saying like if you think oh, about totalitarian history. states, Ed Rosenthal told us that totalitarians hate cannabis because it makes you have more freedom of thought. And so if you have freedom of thought, that's terrible for uh, the tough men mentality of just doing what you're told or else. Or if you give America the chance with like a seed
1: and to grow and know a plant, you know, for both its wellness and the, the textile properties and everything else this thing can do. You know, we don't grow cotton. You know, but we know it helps us. We know it's a great plant. And and cannabis can do the same
2: thing 10 times. Crazy. Cool. So, uh, what types of things do you have on the horizon, Abraham? What are you building for uh, Q4 2020?
3: For Q4 2020, I think like uh, every other company in in the space in cannabis and outside of cannabis is just trying to survive uh, the pandemic. So, us existing and us not going anywhere this quarter is a win in itself. Uh, so within that context, we're really just reinforcing our foundation. We are optimizing our systems and processes, and we're starting to cross train our team so that uh, they too can pick up on a lot of the, the duties and, and responsibilities that uh, for a long time, it, it was really me uh, kind of carrying them uh, on my back. And so now that we've got, I think now 20 people involved, uh, as part of the medical cannabis community, nice. it's giving us a lot more human resources to be able to tackle uh, a lot of the areas that, that previously we were kind of juggling, uh, between one or or two people. So we're, we're hoping that that brings us the momentum that we're looking forward to start, uh, creating more hyper-targeted content for the states that we're in, as well as building up our, our email, uh, user base and then, um, continuing to add more uh, assets to our website, such as our e-commerce store. If you check that out every single month, we come out with new community inspired store. And like, uh, because
2: the same problem, like now, if you add that, is Facebook going to be like yank? Because now you're literally profiting on uh, cannabis. It's the information and the education, but you're making a sale. And so, like, I'm, I have e-commerce stores plugged into my cannabisindustrylawyer.com for courses that I'll rank for. And I, I'm, like, in the process of making those now. And I'm like, ah, crap. As soon as I start selling that, is all hell going to break loose? If it's one thing, if I sell, like, legal theory uh, off-site, you know, but if I actually have, you know, but then uh, some places are doing it, like, out west. And so, like, you know, it, Medicine Man Technologies I don't think they do on site, but I know that Green Rush Consulting does on site. So like a lot of the consulting companies, and I'm assuming that's what you're going to start selling is like e-course, things like that, right?
3: We have e-courses. We've got digital products. We got branded merchandise, apparel, and accessories. Um, And we can virtually sell any stuff that we create and at some point open up our platform as a marketplace for other people to sell their products as long as obviously it's not uh cbd or 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 cannabis which is not something that, that we're getting into we're we're in the focus of tapping into the attention around cannabis rather than cannabis itself and that is a system and a model that we could take across any other industry or niche where interest exists
2: I don't know. The interest exists in this industry and then the sophistication and the compliance. And so the the complexity that's there and the greed that's there is uh, it's just there's not very many industries like cannabis that I can think of off the top of my head. It's like the internet from 30 years ago. And so, uh, like, we can't do these types of courses and stuff about how to make a cranberry bog. That'll be uh, $10,000. I'll get you your cranberry bog permit. Ah, Fuck that. You know, it's, it's sad, though.
1: At the same time that we're, we're being demonized and demonetized and shut off or whatever, the industry has been proven essential. All right? And, Abraham, did you see an increase in traffic as soon as this pandemic and COVID hit, everybody staying home? Because, uh, you know, I'm going to say it, and hopefully we don't get – well, no, we're not on YouTube, so it don't matter. But,
2: uh, uh, you oh, no, know we're be uploading. Hang uh, on a yeah. second. Let's well, just make sure that we do something real quick, so that we, if we need to, it'll be easier to cut this in post. Just, just a minute. Yeah. Hemp. Yeah.
1: Oh. <laughs> uh, as we, you know, we found out throughout many reporting. There was an article in Forbes. There was an article. And every legit freaking paper uh, out there that cannabis can help with COVID, it cannot. Yeah, it's
2: antiviral properties.
1: Yeah. So it's Abraham, our- yes, yeah, I'm just saying for the medical benefits and the recession proofness. I mean, man, everybody's got to be spiking as far as inquiries go. Uh, did you see a, a, a good doubling of your uh, traffic there, Abraham?
3: We've been seeing an increase in in traffic for for a while uh, since legalization came into the the picture in uh, illinois as, as i'm sure you would imagine uh more people naturally have questions uh, around cannabis and i think that the more confusing the state makes it the more complex that these programs are uh the more people have questions and then they're going to go searching for them online uh and so we have had the the benefit of essentially having a community where these conversations can take place 24-7. Uh, and now that the pandemic hit and it forced people inside, it forced them online even further. And so our, our groups certainly experienced a, a significant spike in traffic as well as engagement. Um, and, and that has been beneficial for us because it's allowing us to acquire Uh, The rankings that that we've been trying to establish in order to start expanding our footprint across other emerging markets where we know people have questions and they're even um, further years behind than where we feel like we're at in Illinois.
2: Right on.
3: Yeah. Texas, (laughs)
2: 1974. I was going to say 1930. Texas. But then Oklahoma is like, you know, in Illinois is 2025. It's weird. And so like not every state is in the same time when it comes to the cannabis laws. Federally, 1937. No fucking reason why. (laughs) No reason why.
1: Abraham, thank you so much for joining us today. Where can we go to find and follow what you guys got going on at
3: the medical cannabis community? Thank you guys for having me. You can find out more information at themedicalcannabiscommunity.org or try thecannabiscommunity.org for short. Uh, we have a newsletter section up there where you guys can uh, subscribe to get all of our updates in your in- inbox conveniently. Uh, and then we have our, our, our social media on Facebook where we invite you to join our, our groups and communities so that you could tap into the pulse of the conversations that are taking place in, in cannabis.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much again, and thanks for tuning in, everyone. Make sure you like and subscribe to keep up with all cannabis legalization news. We'll see you
2: on Sunday. Thank
3: you, Thank you guys for having